Let's talk about the indoctrination of personal finances. Enjoy. Welcome to the Age of Jeremy. My name is Jeremy Quintanilla. I will be your host for this amazing, amazing podcast. If this is your first time to the podcast, I am the CFO and co-founder of 3T Warrior Academy. I'm also the CEO and I'm sorry, CF, CEO of Age of Radio and the co-founder of Age of Radio. I am also one of the founding members of a company called Blockheads, which is bringing you Merlin, the smartest way to track your crypto. Uh, there should be links in this episode description to check out all of that stuff, except for maybe Merlin. Uh, just go to MerlinCrypto.com and you can check that out or follow us on Twitter or threads at GetMerlinCrypto. I'm sorry, on Twitter, it's GetMerlinCrypto. On threads, it's Merlin underscore crypto. Um, and I'm not going to go into too much about what Threads is in this episode. We'll be doing another lo-fi from the couch. Hopefully, we'll be out soon um, where I just chit-chat about culture and all of the stuff that's going on in the world so I can get to more specific topics on here like we're talking about today, personal finance. But essentially, this podcast and all of my episodes are about my journey as I build generational wealth, start businesses, do cool stuff in the world. And I just like sharing all of that with all of you um, individuals. And if you don't know, I do have a YouTube channel. It's at Age of Jeremy. Subscribe there. Right now, I'm getting these podcasts in a loop on there um, as video files. So uh, I will have other YouTube content coming out soon. We have a lot of stuff going on. And so, um, yeah, that's where we're at with that. You can follow me on all the social medias at Age of Jeremy. On Twitter, it's at Age of Jeremy Hugh. Hang out with me on LinkedIn at Age of Jeremy. I try to post on all these places. If you want to talk to me directly, the best place is to Snapchat me. Snapchat me any questions. I love doing snaps and snapbacks. Um, so we will be there. Or you can hang uh, check me out on threads uh, at Age of Jeremy as well. And check out all of our Age of Radio content at Age of Radio or Age of Radio Verse. And you can check out our Facebook group, uh, Addicted to Podcasting. Oh, yeah, real quick, on my threads, I'm doing a giveaway once I get to 500 subscribers on threads. Um, so if you don't know what threads is, just go to Instagram um, uh, or type in threads and it'll explain to you how to sign up. So I don't want to go too much into more <laughs> advertising stuff on here uh, because there is a lot of stuff that I want to talk about as it relates to personal finance. So that's what we're going to talk about right now. Okay, so I don't have a guest, so um, my discussion is going to be with myself and with you guys about personal finances in the classroom and how we educate children, young adults and adults into understanding what they should be doing in the world. And so I think that there are a lot of problems with how we talk about personal finance, who is teaching personal finance, um, and how you would construct a way in which to make it all cohesive that everybody can get the same um, education. And I'm going to liken this to, um, well, let me, I'm not going to do that. Let me, let me try, let me be open about it. So essentially the problem with personal finances is a lot of it's based off of a narrative that someone's trying to tell you. 
Okay. Most of the time people are talking about the narrative in which the thing that they believe, and then that's the thing that they want to sell you. So for instance, I am a big advocator of a portfolio of stocks. That's no more than 10 or 15. Uh, and you do not essentially let go of those, right? Other people would be, well, you need to manage that a lot more uh, closely, take more profits to get larger gains. When the theory says that the larger gains over time, you will always get the same anyway. And and so when we look, think about that and we look at that concept, if we look at gold, gold over time has only gotten about 7.92% a year on average. Okay. And so if you look at, when you take a big look back at everything, most of the time over the life of something, it only goes at about eight to 10% a year, which is the same if you're running a business. And as your business grows, you only get to a place where you're averaging about eight percent a year in growth. Okay. And this is when we're looking at everything in combined. So, so if I go out there and I'm trying to teach a course, I'm going to talk about the things that were, have worked for me and the things that I believe. And so therefore, it is a belief system. And so if someone like, say, I'm just going to use Curtis Ray. I don't mean anything negative against Curtis Ray. I know Curtis personally. Um, uh, <clears throat> I don't have a lot of great thing. I, I'm, I'm just being honest. He's not my cup of tea, and that's cool. Um, but he, I'm very grateful for the fact that he gave us money to get our first business off the ground. And so I'll be grateful for his money. And so <laughs> that being said, um, um, Curtis Ray, he talks about utilizing Index Universal Life Insurance, um, which he rebranded as Maximum Premium Indexing, as a way for retirement where you have an ability to borrow against that cash value, reinvest it into, the in, into it itself, and then it compounds itself, which is in literally the definition of leverage, okay? And so, so I think that that's something that people should know about, but um, and that's something that I will t- would talk to people about because I think that that's beneficial. But then he would only talk about that and say that you shouldn't get into any other type of diversification. And I'm I'm basing that just off of the stuff that I see from him on TikTok. We're not like best friends or anything. So I don't really talk to him anymore as we parted our ways. So if I'm just basing it off of that, his shtick is that the best in every situation should be utilizing MPI, which is essentially IUL or index universal life insurance. I have been a fan of variable life insurance for a very, very long time. I've been a fan of life insurance for a very long time, but I haven't gone down that path of getting licensing until recently. So now when you hear stuff from me, I'm talking about index universal life insurance or life insurance or annuities. Annuities are always a good thing for people when they're going into retirement. So you're getting the thing that I am talking about, where if you listen to someone else online, they might be talking about specifically, you should only get an ETF that's invested in the S&P 500, and that's going to be the best opportunity for you to go into retirement. So that's the first problem that exists is, is that most of the ways to invest are all based off of ideologies or what they believe, their belief system in that thing. And they're going to try to prove it to sell you the thing that they want to sell you. So if we're talking about that, then we cannot teach any of those as a main thing to children because that's always going to be different. And not all of the people that are going to decide the curriculum are going to decide on one specific thing because they're going to base it off of the thing that has been best beneficial for them. So that's the first problem when we talk about how we talk about providing personal finance to to kids, okay? So, or to young adults or whatever. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, is that when we talk about creating 
education or personal finance education in the classroom, we have to look at the things that are things that are factual. So for instance, if we were to construct a personal finance course, we should teach the things that we know to be true, that how interest compounds, how annuities specifically work, how bonds specifically work, how stocks specifically work, okay? Those are just base things on how things actually work in our uh, economic system that we have right now and how those things mathematically work, okay? So if we were to do that, it may not be a large enough class to have for an entire year, maybe enough for a semester, okay? And so with that, though, then the, a lot of people are like, well, who's going to teach it? If that's the case, it doesn't really matter who teaches it because you're not actually teaching how to do anything. You're teaching how everything works. And I am a big advocate for that type of financial education inside of the classroom because there is nothing indoctrinated in that when it is things that are specifically factual that we can all agree on. This is mathematically how a bond works. This is how interest rates work when it comes to a loan. This is how um, interest yield works when it comes to a savings account. This is how markets fluctuate. This is how securities work, right? Because most of that is mathematical in nature and it is things that we can prove again and again so we could teach that. So, so if we were to do that, that would be fine, but it wouldn't need to be for a long period of time. It would need to be for a semester. And so then the thing comes is, well, should we take our tax dollars to put that into a public school system? Okay. Because what's going to end up happening is whatever we're teaching in that, there is going to be someone in the community that doesn't want us to teach that in the way in which we're teaching it that we've all have come to agree upon. So I don't know if it would be beneficial in the long run to do that or if we should have things designed where we teach children to or parents to do that and they can teach it to their children. But let's say we were to create a personal finance class inside of a school. It could only be those things, how credit cards work, how checks work, how all of that stuff works. It could not be how to get wealthy. And there are lots of reasons why for that. Um, I'm going to touch on a few of them. So Real quick, before we go any further, I want to talk about indoctrination. So indoctrination just means the teaching of something without looking at it critically, okay? And so when we say that our children have been indoctrinated, it means that we're teaching them something and we're not teaching them to look critically about the thing in which they're teaching to us. And that is one of the biggest benefits of, I would say, college as opposed to um, high school and so forth and so forth. Um, or grammar school and high school is because inside of those things, we don't want them to be, we want them to think critically, but if there are things that are factual, like, so um, I, I know that there's going to be a lot of people that are against this. I, there's climate change is a thing that exists. It is, it's a proven, a proven thing. Whether you think that it is more intensified by man or not, I believe that the people that are trying to disprove it, which you can't, really disprove it, are trying to do that so they can go against the norm because they have something in their life that they feel that they need to do that. Um, and so that's just my opinion. So uh, about them, not about climate change. Climate change is a real thing. So we can teach that because it is science. And the, the rate at which it changes, that might be up for debate. But the fact that climate is changing and increasing, we can prove that over and over again. And so if we're going to teach that, then we can teach that inside of a school because it's something that we can we can replicate 
and it can be factual in the, that sense. So that's why we can teach math. That's why we can teach certain history. Now, there's some indoctrination inside of history in the United States um, to not think critically about how we talk about communism as opposed to capitalism, but we'll save that for a different podcast. And so when we think about those things, if we're doing a personal finance, again, it can only be the things that are factual. Once you start talking about the way in which you earn money in a society, that is where it gets really, really difficult for a, cu- for a couple of reasons. The first reason is, is who is to decide the best way in which someone is to get wealthy? Because the problem is, is that there are lots of way to, ways to do it. You could become a doctor and make $200,000, $300,000 a year, right? And so if the average business owner in the United States only makes between seventy-five dollars and $100,000 a year, then it would not make sense to push everybody to be entrepreneurs because of the fact you could go and become a lawyer or a doctor and make a really good living off of that, okay? Even if you did even if you didn't go into private practice as a doctor and you worked for the public sector or instead of a hospital, right? That you could make a lot more money. I think that the heads of those make like six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollars a year. I do not make that as a business owner. Okay, so then what? So then there are people out there that will are indoctrinating them to be workers. Well, yeah, because some degree, some education, some workers make a shit ton of money. If the goal is to then make money, then we should teach them all to do that. And we should teach them to be entrepreneurs or to go after building investment strategies or to do any of that because of the mere fact that you could go and do that. And you are more likely to make hundreds of thousands of dollars than you would have otherwise if you had become an entrepreneur. Okay. So that's the first, that's the first problem is what do we decide is the goal of the personal finance class? If it is to get people to be better off wealthy or to be wealthy, that would be really difficult to decide what is the best way to educate someone inside of that. So that's the first problem. The second problem is, is that the needs of the communities are going to be different depending on whether where the public school is. If you teach personal finance inside of a class that's at Trevor Brown, which is in Maryville, and you're teaching that to them and you start talking about what to do with investments, how to start a brokerage account, what to invest in, how those things should specifically work. They're going to be like, well, I don't have the fucking money to do that because most of them are living in a impoverished, you know, in a impoverished area, at least when I went there. So people from Trevor Brown, if you're not living in a impoverished thing, I'm not saying that all of you do. And I'm not saying that things have gotten better in that area. I'm just using it as an example from when I was in high school. Okay. So so then if so we wouldn't teach them the same way. We might teach them to stay away from debt because their debt to income ratio in their community is much much higher. So we might say, "Hey, because you're less likely to get out of this community, right? I know that sounds bad, because you're less likely to be out of this community, then we need to teach you something different than we would teach say, "Hey, you know what? In a in a, a middle to upper class um um, area inside the public schooling system, it might make more sense to, hey, you know what? Use your Amex card, get some points on it, make sure that you pay it off because they're less likely to be in debt and to be better off economically to be able to support that. Or they would be more economically better off because their parents have more money that can help them or they have a, a closer family unit. They don't have a broken family as they would in the lower income class society. And again, I'm not picking on Trevor Brown. I'm just using that because I went to school there. I don't know exactly what goes on there. 
I know that there are lots of great representations inside of the Phoenix Union High School District. So I am not trying to like poke at that or say that those people are poor. That's not my point. My point is, is that economically you can't teach the same things because the family units are going to be different in every single area within the, the, the state. Yeah, and that's why I go back. If you were to teach personal finance stuff, it could literally only be the things that are factual. It cannot be why you shouldn't invest in a 401k. It couldn't be why you should invest in IUL. It could be how life insurance works. It could be how 401ks work, but you cannot tell them specifically what would be the best way because that's going to be different overall. And that's the, that's the biggest problem when it comes to figuring out how we do personal finance. So then the other cons talk that comes up is, okay, well, then do we let the capitalists come in and teach? Well, the capitalists are literally only going to teach and benefit of themselves. So when I worked at Wells Fargo, um, I would go into schools and I would teach them stuff. And then it would give us a we would be able to indoctrinate the children to come to Wells Fargo. And so that's another area where indoctrination exists in our society is through capitalists. And so when we look at capitalism and we look at how they go, uh, they promote their things inside of junior achievement or they give them money and then you push them towards that business, I guess, um, or the, the banks have like education programs. They're not educating. They're, they're only educating the children in the capacity to get the children and the parents to come to Wells Fargo or to Bank of America, or to something else. So you can't have it from an outside source. If we were to do it, right, if we were to come together, it would have to be a specific committee with inside of the state. And I know that in Arizona, we I believe we have a committee that helps do that because we try to teach the personal finance stuff. And it, it's from, for the most part, from a factual level of like, this is how credit cards work. This is how debit cards work. This is how checking accounts work. This is how interest works. This is how the stock market works. Okay. But the problem with, the, so, so, so that, that's how we could teach it inside of the school system. Um, and the great thing about doing it from a factual level is that you don't need a capacity of the person to be able to do it. So for instance, I could learn, I could get a textbook. I don't have a science degree. I could get a textbook on, on geography or um, meteorology or um, I don't know what the hell they teach in schools these days um, or in biology. And I could create a curriculum to do that. And I could utilize the resources from the wherever to be able to answer questions for the children. Okay. And that's why in like Arizona, you don't need an actual education degree to, you don't need a specific degree to teach a specific thing inside of a class that I'm aware of. I could be wrong on that. So if Christy, my cousin's listening to that, she can yell at me later because she is like, I don't know, the greatest science teacher in Arizona. Um, and so, so my point is, is that it, you don't need someone because the argument is, well, who's going to teach it? Who's going to have the ability to teach it? It doesn't fucking matter because it's just stuff that can just be taught to that person. And then that person can teach it because it's not theory or how we create large sums of money over time, which then that is also the problem because we're indoctrinated right? This whole thing is about indoctrination to believe that we need to work and go get a 401k. But that's not necessarily an indoctrination that's taking place in the schools. That's an indoctrination that's taking place in labor. And from the indoctrination of the labor that the labor that is teaching the source. So when the, when the person that's teaching about 
says stuff when it comes to get a job, get a 401k, things of that nature. Those people are slaves within the capitalist society. So they're the laborers, right? And so if the laborer is the one that's explaining it, the laborer is only going to be able to explain it in the capacity in which they're laboring in. So if a teacher is talking about their shitty pay and their shitty pension and their shitty state whatever then that's the thing that they're going to teach well you need to get a good job so you can have a pension so you can have a 401k so you can do this or go work in this sector to get this this and that and so that indoctrination isn't isn't necessarily a forced indoctrination it's just an indoctrination because of the fact that, uh, that we live in a capitalist society and the laborers that are in that society are the ones that are pushing their ideologies onto the children and then the other thing is, well, then we need to change that. The problem with that is, is there's so many children and so many schools and we need so many teachers. I feel that when people say things, they don't comprehend the fact, um, the fact that there are so many people in the world. And there is a fantastic book called Study Like a Champ. And one of the best things that those professors say inside of Study Like a Champ is that, and then their professors and their PhDs in education and psychology and all this shit, I think. Well, I know they're PhDs in ed psychology, at least. I think that one of them is also a PhD in education and they're educators and they teach at college levels and all this stuff. And the goal of the book is to help people understand how to learn. Um, and, and by going back to things, reading the things that you don't know, having multiple times with the material, all this other stuff. But anyways, inside of a podcast that they were in, they said that one of the things that a lot of people try to talk about when they're trying to when they're trying to um, critique the education system, which we should always critique everything. Um, that's how things aren't indoctrinations, right? Is that we, crit we critique them and we say, look, this is how this could be better, but we have to put our thinking caps on and use our brains to be able to look at those things from a different level of view or from a different person's perspective and see how we can make it better for the people. And so one of the things that a lot of people say is, well, I don't learn good this way. I don't learn good that way. I learn better this way. And it would be fucking amazing in the world if we could if we could have the resources to teach every single person every way in which they would be good. But the fact is, is that from the research that these PhDs have done, the way in which we teach now, even if you did divide it up and teach it a different way, they still do better overall the way in which we're teaching. It's that people don't want it to be fucking hard, and it is hard to learn stuff right it's 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 hard to learn stuff and it's a it's a discomfort level that people specifically don't have um uh um have a um knack for i guess i would say because they think that learning should become easy and i say this is lifting weights and becoming a bodybuilder easy is becoming a jujitsu star easy is becoming a fuck no why would it be any different for our ability to learn something right just think about that. Why would it be any different for us to learn anything? It's not. I was studying Japanese last night while I was going to sleep. Probably the reason why I didn't get to sleep late because then my mind was super active. There were times where I was trying to remember what the fucking word was for like nice Yasashi. I think is how you pronounce it. And I, it was just hurt my brain so bad. I was like, fuck, what is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? It's not easy to learn. Okay. Nothing's easy. Um, and so, so that becomes then the problem the problem of let me go back so that that then becomes the reason why you would need to have a base line for how it's actually 
taught. Okay. And I, I know I went off on a tangent there. So let me just kind of get my thoughts back on where I was specifically going. My apologies. Um, but okay. So back to the personal finances and the, and the indoctrination. So the indoctrination then comes of the way that we work from the people that are teaching it now. So then the next question is, and why this becomes more difficult is in the people that are teaching it are probably, they're going to be laborers. So they already have the thought processes of a laborer. So they're already indoctrinated in the system in which we're trying to teach them to not indoctrinate the people in. And so that's the reason why the personal finance thing doesn't make any sense to actually be in schools. And when we look at a lot of the factual, like as a regular requirement, right? Now, I think states like Arizona, even though we're the worst in fucking education, um, states like Arizona, they're trying to do a much better job at that. And so they have like these things in place where they can, where we're trying to get higher personal finance stuff. And, and that's great. Um, I'm not, and I, I, I still support people trying to do it, but you run into a lot of problems with it. And so when it comes to those, so those factual things, it can either be in a semester long course, or it can just be taught in math where most of it's taught right now. So like in math right now, they teach you how interest rates work because again, it's a mathematical concept. If they added in how, what a bond is, how bonds work, how securities can change over time, you can apply all of that to math because finance class, finance school was just a bunch of math. Okay. And so you can put a lot of that in math where I think it would be better for us is that, and hear me out, it's going to sound horrible indoctrination should come from the home. Okay. The school should just be things that we find as a community to be factual. Okay. And I, while I think that it sucks that there are going to be a lot of people out there in the world that are going to teach their children that climate change doesn't exist, that the sun's not going to burn out the world, that the universe isn't going to go cold, that we need to do better things to fix the environment. That is a family's decision to make on how they want to have their values at the house. So they can indoctrinate themselves as much as they want inside of their house. And the indoctrination that comes from the schools should just be weird factual shit. Okay. Like this is, this is how, this is how history, this is how we have decided to teach history as a community. This is how we decide to teach math because math is factual. This is how we have science because science is factual. This is, I mean, and other than that, I don't know what else there is inside of their English. I mean, that's a factual thing. The things that we teach in schools are factual things. And so, and, and, and we should include and teach people to be inclusive to one another in schools. I, there, I said it. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. I think there, that, um, I think that when I was growing up, it was a bunch of people that gays were becoming more, not more prominent, but the, they were becoming able to be able to speak how they feel about their sexuality, about their identity. Um, and we had a lot of conversation about that. This generation has a lot of conversation about, you know, um, about gender roles and different um, um uh, how people perceive them, not perceive themselves, but how people identify with themselves, whether it's non-binary, whether it's that, and that is fantastic. I don't see why that is not a thing that should not be talked about because that is a cultural phenomenon. Now, the factual things about biology, like male-female biology, right, which is different than gender, which is man-woman, those things need to be taught. Um, the the social sciences, they can teach some of that in social sciences. I don't think that there would be a problem with. Um, but again, it's looking at it and saying, okay, we believe overall, not what my beliefs are, not what my personal moral values are, right? We believe that 
I believe that the community says that this is okay. Let's do that. That's why we have the Department of Education, because we need to have that education try to be the same across the board as it comes from the government. And then inside of the houses, the parents need to do a more, a better job if they want their children to be indoctrinated into something, right? If people ask me about, I'm, I'm again, I'm probably, I'm sorry if I offend you. Um, I, I, my intention is not to offend you. My intention is to speak the things that I think would be the best for society. Um, and so inside of my home, when people talk to me about God and about Jesus, or they ask me about that, I am blunt with them that I think believing in God is a little ridiculous in my opinion. And then I tell them why. It doesn't mean that they can't believe it. And I, that doesn't mean that people can't tell them, teach themselves Jesus, uh, Christ consciousness. They can't teach their Jesus, their um, Christian principles inside of their home and inside of their respective communities. That is beautiful. Just like I like teaching about Buddhism and I like learning about Buddhism in my respective communities. Okay. But the problem is, is that we're always in these communities. And then we think that because we have this community where everybody says that my opinions are right because they all have the same opinions as myself, that we can go and oppose those opinions on other people or try to make the government have those opinions as well. The government should not have any opinions on fucking anything. They should just have the facts that they can present, the science that they have, the statistics that they have, so they can say, this is the best way to do it. Let's do that. The rest of the values can be taught in the goddamn home. Okay. Um, just like this might also ruffle some other people's feathers too. Um, and again, that's not my intention, but God shouldn't be in the Pledge of Allegiance. It has nothing to do. You can pledge to an allegiance to a country, right? That's fine. I mean, there's some things that are kind of weird about that as well, but God shouldn't be in there because I don't, I don't have a God. I don't believe in God. It doesn't make sense. And if there is a God, he is just as effing flawed as everybody else. If you just read all of his literature, a motherfucker is crazy. And I don't mean to call God a bad word, but I mean, if you, if, if, if a person you knew, if someone you loved and cared about was as wishy-washy as God was in the Bible, you would think that that person had bipolar disorder. Just think about it. Think about it. Okay. Now that being said, should people not stop believing God? I, that doesn't bother me. If that's what gets them through this life that is, is, has trials, uh, I'm sorry, trials and tribulations, that's fine. But that needs to be taught inside of the house. And the same thing, if there is an ideology about what needs to be about finance that needs to be taught in the house, unfortunately, that's probably where it should be. And I don't know if, at least, at least from a school to high school level, there are other things that we should be pushing to teach people about, right? Without selling them something, okay? And so and so that's where the other indoctrination comes in because then what you have to do is you have to teach the adults the higher level ideologies of things so that they can teach it to their children inside of the house and that's where the problem comes in. And then that is more along the lines of why we need to be involved with communities. Because if for me, right, like I am very big into personal finance and wanting to teach people and educate people, and I'm not saying anything was designed specifically wrong, I will tell you this is why I believe that the 401k is incorrect, right, and why you should have a, di a different type of diversified portfolio and why you can make better gains or why you should have insurance or why you should have a trust or why you should have this, right? If adults can be taught those things in a communal setting that's free and open, 
then they can take those things and they can start teaching them to their kids. Because what a lot of the times happens is, especially with personal finance, you hear about something, and man, I want to learn that. So then you go and you buy whatever it is that the person is selling, right? Then you are indoctrinated with that thing, and then that thing goes into your house. Okay, and that's no different than if the government is indoctrinating you with the thing that goes inside of your house. Okay, and so one of the ways to do that is being able to go in, in a non-biased way and say, this is what this is, this is what this is, this is what you could do if you invest in this, this is what you can do invest in this. You need to make that decision and then you go and find out what's best for you and then you teach that to your family. The problem is, is that we don't have anything like that for adults to to change that momentum, right? And and I again, the point of this conversation was that I don't think that it's plausible or feasible to do it inside of a school setting, okay? So we need to do it from an outside of the school setting to in a community setting for people that don't understand it. And it cannot, it cannot, cannot be marketed from a business in the sense to try to sell whatever it is that they're trying to teach. Okay. And again, we have our three T warrior Academy. We teach a lot of great principles inside of it and you should come and join it. There's a seven day free trial. Fantastic. We have our 120 day challenge. We do so much more than inside of that. But if I were to go into the community and teach principles that are general personal financing principles to adults so that they can then teach it to their children inside of their house, right? Apart from the school, I would not come to that function as a member of 3T Academy saying, hey, you could also buy this course, right? And that's how you get good community, I guess, communication out there when there's not another form of reason of why to do it, okay? And I'm not saying that you shouldn't, you should stop buying courses and you should, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that if we are to come to the decision that we cannot indoctrinate or teach personal finance inside of the high school, that we need to teach it to adults so that they can push push that onto their children inside of the home. And that's where the, be- the benefit is, is that if we can teach it to them holistically from a non-paid way, then we can get it into their homes. And it's apart from capitalism. It's apart from any business. And then they can learn to learn what they need to do to make the thing happen of which they learn inside of that community. I hope that makes sense, right? Because because again, value, you're going to have different people find pick on something that's different, right? So, so let me give an example. So if I went and I taught about why you should have a four, what would be the benefits of a 401k? Okay. And, and, and I'm not doing that from a sense that, okay, if you invest this in a 401k, this is what your return would be. If you invest this in an IUL, this is what your possible return could be. If you invest this in this, and it's all free because you can teach personal finance for free, you can give advice for free without it being tied to anything. That's also the other reason why you need to do it this way. And then I teach, okay, why? what would be the benefit of using a credit card? What would be the benefit of using a debit card over a credit card? And you teach it in this specific way you are teaching you are hopefully teaching that personally person to critically think between the options find out what they think is going to be best and then go teach it to their children in their house and that's the way in which you teach that and learn it and it's better right because think about think about what we do with religion okay in religion, we say you should believe in Jesus because if you don't, you're going to go to hell. You should believe in Buddhism because if you don't, you're going to be in hell by reliving the same effing life. Um, if you believe, if, uh, if you want to believe in um, Islam, you have to believe in Allah. If so, and there's always a consequence to all of these things, right? 
the people then decide which is the best one for the one that they want to believe in. They take that and they go and teach it in their house, right? Because the same thought process can be for the personal finance as with religion. If we did, that's the reason why God can't be in the school either, because everybody's beliefs and ideologies is different. And if we take one of those and force it from a non-factual basis, that is wrong and improper to do inside of a government or inside of a society. So the better way to do it is a, a community group that comes together and they say, we're going to teach about these things not in a capacity that one's better than the other, but what would happen in these things. We teach that to parents, right? And then they go and take that ideology and then they teach it to their kids. And that is the, in my opinion, the better way to teach personal finance to a society rather than indoctrinating the children. Because no matter what we do, we're indoctrinating. We need to get away from indoctrinating children. We need to get to a place where we're teaching them the things that we that we find factual right and then teach them that it's okay to criticize those things and to learn from them that's perfectly okay and that's why i that's why i get really frustrated with a lot of personal finance people is because they're always saying that well we need we should be teaching this in the schools and we should be teaching this that in the schools it's no we should be teaching all of these things in the communities and then the community can take what they want away from it, and then they can go and teach it inside of their households. And that would be a much better way to do it, in my opinion, because not everybody's going to be okay if you teach universal life insurance inside of a school, or if you teach a four. Like I would, I don't want everybody to think that the four hundred one k is the best thing. I don't want everybody to think that an IUL is the best thing. I don't even ever want everybody to think that day trading is the best thing. I don't. That's not the intent. The intent is to sh tell people inside of a school what how these things actually work. And then in the community, as they get older, we can have courses that are free to the community that say, these are the things that if you did these things, this is what you would get at the end. This is how you build wealth with this. This is how you could build wealth with this. And then they decide, they take that apart and they go teach it inside of their households. But unfortunately, that would probably cost a lot of money or a lot of people willing to be able to have free time to be able to do that. So um, again, this was just me talking about the problems with the indoctrination of personal finance, because no matter what you do, even if you don't think that you're doing an indoctrinating thing, if you're teaching your ideology as the better way and not teaching people to be critical about it, then you are teaching, you are doing an indoctrination. And the reason why I thought about this is because there's a, a uh, her first 100,000, I think. Um, she seems like she's doing a note. She's trying to do great with personal finance. She goes after Dave Ramsey a lot. Yeah, whatever. Um, but um, I don't think, I don't like going after people. I'm only bringing her up because she talks about why you should use a, what's the benefits of using a credit card, but she talks about it in the way that that's the best way to do it. The thing is, that's the best way for her to do it. That doesn't mean that that's the best way for everybody to do it. A better way to teach that is to say, this is what you could do if you use this with this as opposed to this. However, if you did do this and you missed these payments, you could get onto debt. If something happens and you can't pay off your debt, then these types of interest rates will start boiling up on it, right? We have to look at everything within a thing or within an idea or within a product. And if we teach people it that way, then they can learn to critically think and say, hey, this might work best for me. I'm going to use this. It continues to work best. And that's what they're going to teach their children to do. Or now we don't learn anything 
So no one knows what the fuck is going on, right? And so they can't teach their children it. And then they're telling us that we need to have the schooling and the government teach it. Isn't that odd? We don't want the government to have responsibility for teaching our kids, but we don't, do want them to have responsibility for teaching our personal finance to our kids, which I think is a little bit weird. But anyways, so I hope that you enjoyed this podcast. I hope it made some sense. Hit me up on Snapchat if you have any questions. DM me. I don't know. Follow me somewhere. Talk to me. I appreciate you all. Remember, be thankful, grateful, and kind. We'll talk with you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Age of Jeremy. Make sure that you like and subscribe to me everywhere, including this podcast. Make sure you give it a five-star rating if you want to give it a five-star rating. Share it with people. That I would appreciate. Um, uh, uh, if you don't know, I use Neumann microphones, the Zoom L8. I record on Steinberg's Cubase using Waves plugins. The opening song is Brave Faces. Everyone, buy Spanish love songs. Check out their new singles. Uh, they have two of them, Cleanup Crew. And another one, I forgot the name of it. Make sure that you check out Illuminati Hotties. That's the closing band. Um, and they're singing their song, Threatening Each Other, Recapitalism. Um, as I always say, one last time, remember, be thankful, grateful, and kind. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.